0: Chapter 11 of Tom of the Raiders by Austin Bishop. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Brett Downey. The Pursuit. The screeching whistle of the Yonah, which had sent the General speeding away from Kingston, was a warning to the engineer of the freight train blocking the way of the pursuers. It had pulled out of the station and was lumbering southward, intending to make the sidetrack at Cast Station and wait for Fuller's passenger train. The brakes were twisted and the two locomotives approached each other slowly. Our fuel's about gone, said Murphy. Fuller was swinging from the Jonas cab, ready to jump off. Then we'll get aboard the freight, he replied. The others followed him. Back into the station, ordered Fuller, as he climbed into the cab of the freight locomotive. The Yanks have stolen my train. They've just pulled out, answered the engineer. He threw the engine into reverse, while the fireman swung on the whistle cord. "'Fuller sprang into the tender, climbed the woodpile and up on the boxcar. "'The second freight was just pulling out, blocking the track. "'He waved and yelled to Murphy, who yanked at the whistle. "'The second freight stopped and waited. "'At that moment, a combined passenger and freight train from the branch line to Rome "'swung around the bend and pulled into the station. "'The congestion was complete. "'With the fuelless Yona at one end and the Rome train at the other, "'the three freights were hopelessly locked and tangled.' Fuller ran back to the engine. Come on, he said. We'll take the Rome engine. This engine is faster, answered Murphy. We can shunt the cars on the sidetrack and run her backwards. It'll take a half hour to get her clear, said Fuller. Come on. He jumped from the train and ran up the track. Murphy, still protesting, ran after him. It was their second foot race that day, and they arrived at the station winded. Cut that engine loose, yelled Fuller. The station agent recognized him and asked what had happened. "'The Yanks,' answered Fuller. "'It was explanation enough. "'The Rome engine, supplied with fuel for its return trip, was uncoupled. "'Telegraph Chattanooga. Train stolen by Yanks. Am in pursuit.' "'The station agent ran to his office, but it was too late to get the message through. Andrews's men had already torn the line down. "'The engine which Fuller now had was smaller and slower than the Yona. "'The engineer, upon entering Kingston, had allowed the steam pressure to sink, "'and they crawled slowly from the station.' Five minutes later, they came to the break in the telegraph lines, and Fuller knew that his message to Chattanooga had not gone through. They worked feverishly at the engine, but the steam pressure rose slowly. It was that fact which saved them from a wreck when they came to the spot where Andrews' men had torn up the rail. There was ample time to reverse the engine and bring it to a stop. Without spikes and tools, it was hopeless to think of bridging the gap. They stood gazing ruefully at the break. We're done, muttered Murphy. No, we're not, answered Fuller. Come on! And he started running up the track. The others, nearly exhausted by the pace he had led them, followed on their third foot-race after the stolen train. This broken rail, which so nearly blocked the course of his pursuers, was Andrews' greatest mistake. If he had left the way clear for Fuller, sending the southbound freight against him from Adairsville, a collision would have been inevitable. As it was, Fuller and his men, running towards Adairsville, heard the approaching train in plenty of time to stop it. Once again, scarcely fifteen minutes after deserting one locomotive, they were aboard another, the Texas. It took but a minute to explain to the engineer what had happened. The engine, thrown into reverse, pushed back to Adairsville, with Fuller mounted on the end boxcar, controlling the train by signals. South of the station, they stopped, while Fuller jumped from the train and pulled open the switch to the sidetrack. Murphy uncoupled the train at the engine. Again, they started back this time shunting the train to the siding and allowing it to run on its own momentum. When the wheels of the last car passed, with a gap of a few yards between the car and the engine, Fuller threw the switch and leaped for the cab. Murphy caught his arms and pulled him aboard. The Texas plunged backward down the track, racing the cast-off train as it rolled upon the siding. For a moment it seemed that they would collide at the north switch where the sidetrack re-entered the main line. Fuller, leaning from the cab, glanced apprehensively at the engineer. He had the throttle opened wide, and the Texas was gaining speed at every turn of her wheels. The station agent was on the platform, waving his arms and yelling. Ahead of them, the leading freight car lurched as it struck the bend of the sidetrack. Then the Texas rattled over the switch and out of danger, with two yards to spare. Behind them, the freight car struck the closed switch, jumped it, ran off the track, and turned over. force of the cars shoved it over the ground. The second car crashed on its side. Fuller glanced back indifferently at the wreck they had left behind them. Keep her open wide, he yelled, and the engineer nodded. Ahead lay the clear straight road down which the general had swept just a few minutes before. There were no obstructions and no brakes as far as Fuller and Murphy could see. They had climbed to the edge of the tender and were sitting, clutching the sides, studying the tracks ahead of them. Stop at Calhoun, cried Fuller, and the order was passed back to the engineer. As the station swung into view, the Texas came to a halt with her brakes screaming. Fuller jumped off the train. That train, stolen, he said to the station agent. Out of here five minutes ago. Get aboard. Fuller dragged the protesting station agent to the engine. When the Texas had started again, he explained. The lines are down. I want you to jump off at Dalton, if we haven't caught them before then, and send through this message. If we press them fast enough, they won't have time to cut the lines. Fuller took a pencil and paper and wrote the message. To General Ledbetter, Commander at Chattanooga. My train captured this a.m. at Big Shanty, evidently by Federal soldiers in disguise. They are making for Chattanooga, possibly with the idea of burning the railroad bridges in their rear. If I do not capture them in the meantime, see that they do not pass Chattanooga. William A. Fuller. He handed the message to the station agent. Murphy, on the tender, raised his arms and yelled. The engineer of the Texas closed the throttle and reversed the engine. Fuller jumped to the brake, and the fireman thinking that he had a train crew to man the brakes, swung on the whistle cord to give warning. It was this blast which fell on the ears of Andrews's men as they were tearing up the rail a mile and a half farther north. The Texas, trembling under the power of the reversed pressure of her pistons, seemed to buck upon the tracks. She stopped as though she had come to the end of an anchor chain. "'Ties on the track!' shouted Murphy, jumping from the tender. The others followed him, and they tossed the ties to the side. Then they scrambled back aboard the locomotive. "'You men stand by the brake!' ordered fuller murphy and i will be on the tender when we raise our arms stop two minutes later fuller and murphy straining to see obstructions on the track caught a glimpse of the gap where a rail had been torn loose it was only a glimpse for the engine was almost upon it swinging around the curve they yelled and raised their arms but it was too late even before the engineer could close the throttle the texas was on the verge of the break fuller and murphy sat paralyzed their arms outstretched expecting the locomotive to plunge from the rails then, an instant later, they knew that the Texas had miraculously sailed over the gap. Fuller was the first to regain his senses. He waved to the engineer to go ahead, and the Texas swept down the road. Murphy and Fuller looked at one another in dumb amazement. The inside rail of the curve, Murphy said at last. Fuller nodded in comprehension. The Texas, lunging around the curve, had been thrown against the outside rail. The inside wheels were lifted clear of the brake. Had Andrews's men attacked the outside rail first, the race would have ended there, with the Texas a battered wreck strewn over the trackside. On the other hand, if Fuller and Murphy had seen the brake sooner, a wreck would have been inevitable, for the locomotive, in checking its speed, would have rested evenly upon both rails. Luck was with the pursuers. Now the rain was falling in torrents. It stung the faces of the two Confederates as they sat on the tender, peering ahead, but they were oblivious to it. Oblivious, that is, except that they knew the rain would help them, the bridges would be the harder to burn. Time after time they raised their arms and the Texas came to a stop while they jumped to the ground and threw ties from the track. The general was gaining a greater lead each time the Texas was checked, and seconds were counting. Fuller grabbed Murphy's arm and said, Look! Far ahead they saw a black cloud of smoke. It was the general approaching the Rosesca Bridge. End of chapter